Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, man, I'm holding on to my seat, getting ready for our foray into wacky, wacky land here. You know, geez. Joe's like, what's that thing on your on your forehead? I'm like, don't ask. <laughs> don't even ask, folks. I'm, like, just I'm not, I don't have a professional makeup artist in my studio. Don't even ask. I'll get to it another time. Totally. But it's it is not what you think, is. I promise yeah. you. Yeah, he's like poking <laughs> fun at me before the show. All right, listen, I got a lot to get to today, and I want to just start by saying, stop letting the media and the liberal lunatics out there dictate to you what you think the truth should be when you know the hey, truth is not what man. they're telling you. Amen, Stop. Bro. Damn. Stop letting it happen. And I again, this is not a lecture. It's not schoolhouse rock. I'm not trying to be, I'm just a bill, just on capital. This is not me making a public service announcement. Right. It's just I can already sense the fear accumulating, not in my audience, not with you, certainly not with Joe, but amongst these Republican politicians yeah. out there already caving to narratives they know is false. Have you seen it? Wow. Now, Joe, you listened to me yesterday on the radio yeah. for over an hour on the Hannity show with Geraldo. Yeah. Going back and forth, Geraldo trying to change the narrative yeah. to this is about gun possession and racism rather than about culture rot in our society. When we know that's not true, don't let them do it. Please. Okay, I've got a lot to get to. I'm going to start there. i got tons of stories. Uh, stay tuned. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at No Bull. No Bull. N-O is a no. Bull, as in bulls and bears. No Bull. B-U-L-L. Best workout attire out there. That's why we took them on as a sponsor. You know I love going to the gym. Headed out afterwards for another busy workout. I mean the lightest a most airy, kind of breathy, non-clingy workout attire you've ever <laughs> seen. Love them. I have the shorts. I have the shirt. I have the sneakers. Great. It's time to demand more from your workout gear than you demand from yourself. No bull. So footwear, apparel, and accessory brand for people who train hard and don't believe in excuses. That's why I say no bull. No bull's on a mission to create on a mission to create products built for people who train hard day after day. They don't believe in excuses or BS. You won't find any in their footwear, apparel, or accessories. Wear in hair is welcome. You can beat the snot at a no bull attire. It will yeah. continue to perform. No bull has you covered. Don't let their simple designs. What I love about it. Very simple designs. They're not going to be, you're not going to get like some neon sign on the back of it. These dopey <laughs> sayings, all this other stuff. It, no bull is simple gear built to perform. Launched in 2015. It's become a key disruptor in the fitness industry. Cause you know what? They had this radical idea. Why don't we give people workout attire that actually works? Hey. That, that, that's airy, that breathes, that allows them to function and is not focused on a lot wow. of silly stuff. The only thing that will make you fitter is you working hard day after day. No Bulls training gear is designed just for that. Folks, it's good for runners. It's good for uh, crossfitters. It's good for power lifters. It's good for recreational folks, bodybuilders, whatever you may want to do. MMA folks, No Bull attire is the best. If you're ready to challenge your gear the way you challenge yourself, go to nobullproject.com slash Bongino today. For people who put in work day after day, visit nobullproject.com slash Bongino. Check out their training gear. That's no, N-O, bull, B-U-L-L, project, P-R-O-J-E-C-T dot com uh, slash Bongino. No bull project dot com slash Bongino. Check it out. The no bull prize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. All right, let's go. Wow. <laughs> Got that right on. Okay, number one, before I get to the core of the show, right, stop buying this. 
Stop falling into the media narrative trap. It's a series of virtue signaling events by the media, signaling their higher moral values in you, trying to switch the narrative. And what I mean by the narrative, it's a media apparatus with their liberal buddies. It's a symbiosis there. You know, they, they really, they, they leech off each other, these <laughs> two. Trying to get you to believe a story, a narrative. That's really what a narrative is. It's a kind of a, a linear version of events meant to tell some kind of chronological story about how this is the right way to feel about these these horrible shootings we had this weekend. This is the right way to feel. And if you don't believe in this stuff, then this that makes you on this side you and go. you are the bad guys. That's it. Good guys, bad guys. Narrative one, acceptable to good people. Alternative narratives, definitely not all bad people who believe in those. And the accepted media narrative now, which I had this hour-long debate with Geraldo yesterday on Hannity's radio show, is that this is about guns and this is about racism. Now, there's no question, no question the lunatic who shot up El Paso was a racist pig. Mm -hmm. um, indisputable. But ladies and gentlemen, this is. there's also no question that the guy who shot up Dayton and, and killed, I think, up to 10, uh, 10 people now, that the motivations there were different. That's why I've tried to explain to you that the narrative we should be focusing on, not that we shouldn't talk about those things, they are definitely components of what happened. That's 100%. What I'm suggesting to you is solutions to fixing the problem are not in that narrative because we can see that people from various political ideologies have engaged in the very same behavior, which means this is clearly not just about one thing, which the media only... You get the difference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only wants you to talk about. All right. Not that we shouldn't address this stuff. The El Paso guy's uh, racist manifesto, of course it should be addressed. The Warren guy's allegiance to leftist ideology and uh, Elizabeth Warren, of course it should be addressed. The me It's not what the media is saying. We need to be clear. In the time of, of fogginess induced upon us by a media that's supposedly about journalism. We need to be clear in saying those are not the only things. Clearly, political ideology, one political ideology, conservatism, is not the cause of this because people from across the ideological spectrum are being engaged in this. There is something else going on. You talk about guns? Of course. Mm -hmm. Is it all about guns? Clearly not. I presented to you legions of data over the past few days. Gun ownership is up. Gun ownership per person is up. In the United States. Yet gun crime overall and gun homicides are down. We are not the world's leader in mass shootings. We are not the world's leader in gun homicides. We're not even close. These are leftist narratives to get you to focus on this one thing for one reason. Politics. They understand that conservatives are backers of the Second Amendment, the right to defend yourself and your family, a God-given right. Therefore, by attacking guns, they feel the Democrats, the liberals and their media buddies advancing this, that by attacking firearms and gluing it to conservatives, that they may be able to win votes in suburbs. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what this is about. It's not a, keep in mind what I just said. It's not about solving yeah. problems. Right. It's not about solving but all of this stuff about red flag laws, back track. It would not have stopped any of this. This is not about solutions. This is about political advantage. So on the firearm issue, it is about gluing it to the back of conservatives and saying, look at them with the guns. They support this stuff. No, we don't. You're just making that up. Secondly, on the making it about race, on the race issue and racism, 
All of it. Clearly a component of the El Paso shooter, by the way. But by making it exclusively about that and eliminating any other conversation, shh, don't talk about Elizabeth Warren and leftist ideology motivating the other Mm -hmm. guy. What do they do again? They reinforce, number one, that conservatives are dangerous. Look at them. They're allegiance to their guns. They're also the racists. Therefore, leftist axiom number one takes effect, which is what? Leftists never get you to vote for them. Here we you go. may say, I don't get it. doesn't make I any sense. It. No, yeah, I know you get it. Yeah, I've, I've you told mean. you this uh, so many times. This is one, one of our original shows. Yep. Leftists don't get you to vote for them because they can't. Once we get out of the primary, leftist ideas are grossly unpopular and will not win 51% of the vote. Confiscatory taxes, government-run health care, gun confiscation, free, free, free spending, government spending, exploding government budgets, high interest rates, endless debt. Ladies and gentlemen, none of this stuff is popular. It ranks at about the 20 to 30% in polling. At best, some of it, maybe when they, when they, um, with the Medicare for all, when they frame it the right way, you may hit 40. Hmm. The bottom line is you're nowhere close to 51% to win a national election. Leftists can't get you to vote for their ideas, but they can get you to ignore their ideas and hate the other guys so much that you vote for them for protection. Protection from those awful conservatives. They've married themselves to gun culture. Oh, they're all racist. They don't like you. And they're Islamophobes and they are misogynists. Hmm. And they're homophobes. They don't like you either. So they put people in these boxes and tell them how much conservatives hate them. All lies, of course. To get them to ignore what liberals really stand for and get them to vote for them as some kind of protection against the conservative horde. It is so divisive and so unbelievably dishonest. But ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand the strategy so we understand how to fight back. And how you fight back is by, ladies and gentlemen, ignoring, please, I'm begging you, these liberal narratives as, I don't want to say ignore the narrative, ignore the narrative, don't ignore the facts behind the cases. That's important. Stop falling prey to this. It's important because I was reading this morning multiple articles in multiple places that you're seeing it already, Joe. You're seeing this tendency amongst Republican rhinos who are weak need to already fall into this trap. Sure. Not because it's the right thing to do. I saw mm. a piece about, you know, uh, Kinzinger and others, these guys who have really uh, weak conservative allegiances who identify as Republicans. Mm-hmm. They're out there already falling in the trap. You know, if we just had this and background checks and if we just close the gun show loophole that doesn't exist and we we institute some potentially unconstitutional red flag laws, we're going to solve all these problems. Folks, none of them actually believe this. What they've done is they've fallen trapped into I can only speak about the media narrative they want. Guns, racism, getting rid of guns and conservatives are racist. Anything I suggest outside of that culture rot, doing something, as we spoke about yesterday, being a parent to your kid, separating. I saw Matt Walsh on Fox and Friends this morning. He was very good. Came out, be some of the same things we'd said. Be a father to your children. Show up. And he said something that's right. And you know what I should have said yesterday in some? Hmm. He said, you know what? This change is going to start not with the government, but at every household. I think I did say that. If I did, it doesn't, I'm not trying to take credit for it. I'm just suggesting it's a good idea. Change is going to start in your household. 
But that, Joe, do you understand where I'm going? That's not the accepted media sure. liberal narrative. No, doesn't fit. And anybody talking about you're ignoring the real problem. No, no. That is the real problem. And I refuse to be bullied into accepting your version of what you think the truth is because you know it's not the truth either. I am not going to be bullied into that on this show. I want to get into in a second, too, some additional stuff we're hearing now. We have to start banning websites. Oh. 8chan, all that's got to come down. I don't know what 8chan is. I, 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 I've heard of it. I, oh. I shouldn't say I don't know. I know what it is. I don't, I don't really know the details of it. I'm just being candid with you. But I want to get to a story in a second. Because this is the other accepted liberal narrative. That now we have to start deplatforming conservatives, silencing speech everywhere. And if you get out of that, you're a racist. You want to allow racist speech. Said nothing of the sort. Nothing at all. Not even close. You're just making that up. All right. We've got to pay for the show today with some great Sir. sponsors. So just stick with us. We really appreciate it. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Simply Safe. Listen, you know, on average, it takes police 45 minutes to respond to a home security alarm, almost an hour. When a home security system is triggered, a lot of times people, uh, police assume it's a false alarm and the call goes to the bottom of the list. Unfortunately, it can be true sometimes, but not with Simply Safe Home Security. It's what we use in the Bongino house. We use in my mother in law's house. We trust Simply Safe. That's simply with an I, by the way, S I M P L I safe.com slash Dan Bongino is the website. Simply Safe has video verification technology, which helps police get on the scene up to 3.5 times faster. Simply Safe can visually confirm a break in is happening and let the police know, making the average police response time just seven minutes simply safe also protects every door window and room with 24 7 professional monitoring they make it easy on you there's no contract they don't need it hidden fees or fine print it won tons of awards from cnet to new york times and Wirecutter. uh prices are always fair and honest around the clock monitoring starts at just 15 dollars a month that's a simple price to pay for security check out simplysafe.com slash dan bongino simplysafe.com slash dan bongino for my listeners simply safe is a huge deal going on right now Go to simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino, get free shipping and a money back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino, simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Again, that's simply with an I. Great company, really like them here. Uh, we use it in my house. Check it out. Well worth your time. Super easy to install and get going too. Okay, I'm getting back to it. So liberal accepted, liberal narrative number one. This is all about the guns. It's not. The data does not support that at all, but they're not interested in data. Accepted liberal narrative number two, it's all about conservatives being racist. They're not racist. You're just making that up. The liberal narrative number three, we must do something online to deplatform and silence, whether it's conservative speech, any kind of speech out there. And what they'll do is they'll paint any of these websites that have lunatics on there as being indicative of every single person on these platforms. Yeah. Here's the latest story. You see the story up at Forbes about 8chan. Again, I don't know what's on 8chan. I assume on any platform. Whether it's Twitter, Reddit, HN, Facebook, um, I know on Twitter well because I'm on there a lot, that you're always going to see lunatics who say just nonsensical, crazy stuff. But there's a Forbes story. Uh, forgive me if I'm saying this wrong. It's by Isabel Togo. Tacos, Tacos, I don't know, drops HN domain registration after El Paso shooting. Folks, we've seen this over and over and over again. This inclination by people in these, in these, in this, the blogosphere, the Twitter sphere, the social media sphere, threatening these private companies to dump uh, HN and others. Ladies and gentlemen, why is this a bad idea? There's a couple of reasons. 
I am not suggesting to you, to be crystal clear on what we're talking about, that there aren't things posted on these platforms that are grossly inappropriate, many times racist, misogynistic, and in some cases very dangerous. Agreed. People yeah. uh, talking about violent crimes, shootings, um, you know, uh, putting uh, shooters on uh, making golden calves out of them. Mm -hmm. It's disturbing. But can I suggest to you from a former law enforcement perspective, don't you want that out there? Now, Joe, you may be puzzled right now. Well, I don't think you are, actually. I'm not. I know Paula isn't. Right. You said, why would we want people posting about violent shootings on 8chan? Ladies and gentlemen, we call that a clue. You want to drive these people underground? This, this is what I don't get. We can't at this, uh, this. This is why this show is entirely consistent. We don't want violent shooters posting violent stuff. But if they are going to post violent stuff, we'd like to be able to find it before it happens. Exactly. Do you understand you're driving these people who clearly have a pathological sociopathic disorder and no respect for human life. You're driving them underground, making them harder, not easier to find. Listen to me. I'm, I'm trying mm -hmm. to think of an analogy here that would make sense. Mm. If I'm trying to track a counterfeiter and there's a counterfeiting forum, whatever, counterfeit chant, and a bunch of people, we did counterfeit in the Secret Service, are posting about the new P-note. Those are printer notes generated <laughs> on a printer or a home computer. We call them P-notes. P-notes. How they did it and where they found it. I don't want, well, we shouldn't have that up there. They're posting about illegality. Folks, obviously, morally, these people are completely vacuous. They have no, they're criminals. Don't you want the clues? Yeah. Listen, I get it that this is a super sensitive topic. We're providing a forum for these people to out themselves. Yeah. Folks, with the advent of AI technology, the ability to do big data analysis, let me just, we are not looking for the right answer. We're looking for the less wrong answer. Maybe this is my experience as a law enforcement guy that, that's coming out here. But would you rather the ability to have this out in a public forum we can see where we may be able to prophylactically get ahead of this stuff? Or do you want to drive these people underground where we have to go somehow find them through some other means not openly accessible? Mm, man. Folks, you're not going to... You, does it, this make sense? Well, you know, we always like when, when people like us and love us, but doesn't it make perfect sense to want to know when somebody hates you or uh, wants to do harm? I, doesn't I that make thought sense? so. I mean... I, I haven't even gotten to point number Dude. two that this is, of course, going to lead to a very, not lead, we're already there. I don't want to say lead. We're already in this dangerous deplatforming thing yeah. where you're seeing, of course, people who are not free speech absolutists like I am outside uh, of, of criminality, obviously, yeah. who are going to use this as an excuse. What's going to be next? I mean, are we going to take Twitter down? I mean, have you seen some of this stuff? I mean, go to Dana Lash's Twitter feed and look Oof. at the responses to any one of her tweets. If you want to see grotesque calls to violence. I'm not kidding. She used to work for the NRA. Uh, so liberal, I mean, liberals say things to her that are just unfathomable. Oh, brutal. But my problem here, folks, is there's it's twofold. If you are going to have a sociopathic maniac threatening to do something he's very likely to do, 
go and engage in a targeted violence active shooting event. I would rather the warning sign be public and discoverable than hidden and not. And secondly, this is an honest conversation. Where does it end? So we have lunatics we can report, track, and hopefully stop on an open platform. Or we can just shut down the platform, keeping in mind that I don't know what, I'm not on 8chan, so I can't speak to the Mm -hmm. percentage of, you know, lunatics versus sane people. I don't know. I'm not there. But I can tell you on Twitter, the percentage of lunatics, my informal kind of stat out there, there's about 15% lunatics to 85% sane people on Twitter. You going to shut the whole platform down? (laughs) It's my unscientific analysis. There you go. Folks, it's, I'm telling you right now, it's a bad idea. It is a very, very bad idea. And again, the only acceptable narrative, else, the acceptable narrative here is, what, do you want to leave that stuff up? You want racists and killers to be able to post? No, I want us to be able to find them. Is that hard for you to understand? Again, this is always my beef with media types who try to do law enforcement when they can't even do journalism. Media types that try to do economics when they can't even get reporting down. As we saw with the New York Times yesterday. Why don't you leave the law enforcement stuff and the economic stuff to people who actually understand it while you focus on writing, trying to get your journalism career down? You still haven't figured that out. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, this is a really, really, really bad idea. All right. Moving on. Folks, we are... The conversation is degenerating rapidly, and I, I fear we're, we're at a real inflection point here. I, I don't, you know, I, my, my second book, The Fight, I wrote a chapter on this about red states and blue states, and I, I fear we're headed down a really dangerous path. I tweeted out yesterday, and I meant it. We share nothing in common with liberals anymore. Nothing. No, I mean, I, I can't tell you one thing I'm talking about the radical left, by the way. I'm not talking about Democrats, so I just want to be clear on that. But when it comes to the radical left, we have nothing in common with them anymore. Nothing. Nothing we believe in, they believe in. Liberty, freedom, economic liberty, anything. School choice, the right to self-defense, late-term abortion. We share nothing in common with them anymore. The problem we have, and as I've stated many times on, on cable news and on my show, is whereas conservatives have a distinguished, clear emergency break on their behavior directed at their political opponents, liberals don't share that same those same conditions. What I mean is if you're a legitimate conservative or libertarian, you believe in a set of big R rights. I believe those rights are granted by God. As I said yesterday, some people don't believe in God, but they believe in big R rights anyway. That human beings are born what they said of inalienable rights, how you don't get that from God, I always get confused about. But listen, to each his own, like I said, I, I, I know where my I believe my rights come from. But if you believe you are granted a series of big R God-given rights as a condition of being human, that condition has no asterisk next to it. Next to it. it doesn't say, but if you're a conservative. Right. In other words, there is a hard emergency break on our behavior that prohibits prohibits legitimate conservatives 
from engaging in preemptive violence to hurt someone and take away the big R God-given rights of someone else. Does that make sense? It must, because the rest of this argument won't make any sense if we don't get that. It does make sense. Yeah. The difference between us and liberals is the emergency break. Mm-hmm. We believe liberals are people born with big R God-given rights with really bad ideas, some of whom are bad people, but some of whom are just confused. Ladies and gentlemen, the radical left does not believe that about us. The radical left believes about conservatives that we are really bad people with ideas. There's a, I cannot say that enough. It is the primary distinguishing point that leads to the emergency break. If you believe liberals have the potential to be good people and have God-given rights but have really stupid ideas— You obviously are not going to physically attack them, accost them, rip their hats off, punch them in the face, spit on them. Or if you do that, you're not welcome in our movement. I'm not talking about violence and self-defense. I'm talking about proactive violence. We Mm -hmm. obviously don't ever subscribe to that Mm -mm. because you're then taking away the rights of others. Liberals don't believe that about us. This is why I tweeted yesterday, we're in this really dangerous point. We have nothing in common with these people anymore. Now, some examples. Congressman from uh, Texas, Joaquin Castro, yesterday, in one of the most disgusting, disturbing political stunts I have ever seen. Story will be at the Daily Caller by Peter Son. Joaquin Castro posts the names and employers of, a tr- of Trump donors on his Twitter account, followed by tens of thousands of people. Now, folks. You may say to yourself, well, not my audience, but if there's a liberal listening, some of you turn this up as you're a liberal. Like, well, it's public information, man. It is. It is. FEC records are public and they are public for a reason. The reason FEC, Federal Election Commission, donor records are public for donations over, I believe it's $200, is not to publicly harass and intimidate the donors and the employers of said donors. It's public to avoid the appearance of bribery or pay-to-play schemes, folks. Those FEC records are not posted in the newspaper every morning so people can go out and try to get people fired, show up at their house, beat the crap out of them, follow their kids around. That's not why they do that. They're public to avoid the appearance of moneyed people quietly in the back corners without any public exposure bribing public officials. You didn't know that? And just because Joaquin Castro could do it legally doesn't mean he should. There are a lot of legal things you can do. You know, you can walk up to, uh, you know, people in the street and, 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 you know, annoy them and wave in their faces and say, why don't we do it? It's legal because it's stupid. Why would you do that? Why do you want to annoy people? Why don't we do that? Because we believe people have big R, God-given rights that puts the emergency break on our behavior, an emergency break Joaquin Castro does not have. This is a despicable, disgusting, horribly thought out, amateurish, childish, dangerous stunt. And I want to say this. 
I don't do the blame game. You know that. I do not blame leftist politicians for maniacs that engage in violence and subscribe to leftist ideology. And I don't believe anybody should do that on Trump. Obviously, we talked about this over the last few days. Folks, this is different. Joaquin Castro specifically selected out, I think it was 27 people, went and researched their names on a database, publicized their names and employers on his Twitter account specifically so that people would do what? Celebrate them? No, harass them. Right. If something happens to any one of these people, if something happens to them that can be linked to this, that blame is entirely legitimate. That is that is 100% because you know why? Let me explain to you why. There's a 99.9% chance the people on Joaquin's, I'm not going to show the tweet. I'm not showing the names. We're not contributing to Joaquin Castro's deviancy. There's a 99.9% chance that those people were living calm, peaceful lives before they were exposed by this guy. And if they're targeted by people who we can trace back to this event, that is a direct connection between Joaquin Castro's actions and a dangerous environment. And God forbid something happens to one of these people. Absolutely unforgivable and shameful. I've got more. Don't go anywhere. I've got some of the most disturbing video from MSDNC you've ever seen. Nicole Wallace, a disgrace, potentially a bigger disgrace than Joaquin Castro. I know Joe always gets to see him beforehand. Oh, that pissed. I I mean, what she said was so outrageous. I had to listen to it twice to make sure it wasn't an error. All right, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Today's show also brought to you by buddies at Liquid IV. Hey, Liquid IV, folks, check this out. This stuff is the real deal. Liquid IV, it comes in this packet like this. And if you live in Florida, Paula, how much you love this stuff? She does, right? If you live in Florida, or if it doesn't, you don't have to be in a hot environment like us, but down here in Florida, where I sweat a lot, I, I become like a professional sweater right now because I'm always in the sauna after my workouts. Liquid IV, this is like super hydration in a packet. It tastes delicious. You dump this packet, it tastes great, into 16 ounces, a bottle of water. You measure, you can, uh, it has all the directions on the back, and it is like super hydration. It's everything you need to not look like beef jerky after a workout uh, in Florida, in Texas, anywhere else as a matter of fact even in cold weather you can lose a lot of electrolytes and uh, valuable micronutrients in your sweat liquid iv is the fastest most efficient way to stay hydrated try to drink more water liquid iv hydrates you two to three times faster and more efficiently than water alone with the added bonus of vitamin c b3 b5 b6 and b12 Feel good, do good. Liquid IV has donated 1.5 million sticks to date to places like Haiti, Uganda, Puerto Rico, and most recently, Nepal. With each purchase you make, Liquid IV donates donates a serving to someone in need around the world. And that's nice of them. Liquid IV prevents jet lag when traveling. This stuff was invaluable during all my trips. It's TSA friendly. It's perfect for on-the-go travelers. It comes in these packets just like that, folks. Staying properly hydrated is one of the most important factors during hot summer months. Perfect way to stay hydrated while spending more time outdoors. It's the fastest growing wellness band. You can find them in Costco. It's a hydration multiplier. It uses cellular transport technology, a very specific fine ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium. And when mixed with 16 ounces of water, it helps your body absorb more of the water and nutrients you drink directly into your bloodstream. It's non-GMO, vegan, free of gluten, dairy, and so a super clean ingredients. It can provide the same hydration as two or three bottles of water. It is amazing. 
Paula loves it. She doesn't run without it. I love Liquid IV. I know you will too. Right now, my listeners get 25%. That's 25% off at liquidiv.com when you use my code Bongino at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order on Liquid IV's website. Go to liquidiv.com, enter promo code Bongino to get your savings. Start getting better hydration today. That's liquidiv.com, promo code Bongino. Don't wait. Start properly hydrating today. Okay, let's get to this video. Here is Nicole Wallace saying one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard my entire life on a cable news channel. Play this cut. The last Republican president fought for, sought, and 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 it's, it's not ideal, but had 44 percent of right. the Latino vote. It was, a, it was so politically powerful in, in, inside the last Republican administration. President Obama used the power of the presidency mm-hmm. to try to pass comprehensive immigration reform with the Latino community, Latino leaders at the table. You now have a president, as you said, talking about exterminating right. Latinos. Erroneous. You think? Did she just say that? Like I, I first when I'm telling you when I had this clip, when I found it, I <gasps> thought this can't know because I, I we don't do fake news here. So I listened. I listened to the extended version. I, I'm not <gasps> going to play the whole interview here. And you know what? It really is amazing too, Joe. How the guest on the panel doesn't seem disturbed by the uh, fact at all that Nicole Wallace, yeah, uh, really this, this conspiracy theorist and MSM, one of the worst uh, purveyors of, of conspiracy theories you've ever seen, is up there with Rachel Maddow. That she she actually said that President Trump's talking about exterminating Latinos. There's a a Latino extermination plan. I, I you would think that would be uh, critically would be big news. It would be very troubling. We should all be worried. Uh, my wife would be terrified. Um, like ex, exterm. President Trump said he was. Ex, Looking at exterminating Latinos. You understand. I'm going to, folks, can I, can I tell you something here? Can oh, I give you a little behind the scenes? Jeez. I'm probably not supposed to say this, but I, I don't know if, if I get in trouble, whatever. But I'm telling you right now, if I said that on Fox, that Barack Obama wanted to exterminate whatever, white people, black people, Latinos. Yeah. I, I'm telling you right now, I'd probably be fired. I'm not. I'm almost positive. I would be fired. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. Nicole Wallace should be off TV. Yeah. Now, again, to give you the news and not the fake news, like conspiracy theorist, discredited liar Nicole Wallace. She tried to walk it back with a tweet this morning, and she gave like a non-apology apology, saying like, "Oh, I misspoke. No, no, the apology should have been categorical." Yeah. I lied. The president has never talked about exterminating Latinos. I'm taking a week off from my show to rethink this whole thing. That's not it, folks. There's more. Outside of conspiracy theorist, tinfoil cap-wearing lunatic, Nicole Wallace, and her exterminating Latinos plan that she fabricated out of thin air. Dude. We had Paul Krugman... Another conspiracy theorist uh, who should return his Nobel Prize in economics tomorrow, say the president and others are enablers of terrorism. Quote, use the word enablers. Enablers of racism. We had Morning Joe and that show go off the rails. Folks, 
You now get my point how I opened up the show that we share nothing in common with these people. Paul Krugman using the term enabler when talking about all this grotesque grotesque stuff is so unbelievably disturbing from a man who pretends to be educated. We share nothing in common with these people anymore. And if if you missed my debate on the radio yesterday with Geraldo, here's how it started. I got oh, a, man. I got a call from um, the Hannity crew. They asked me to come on and debate Geraldo about the shootings on the radio, that is. I said, sure, sure. Yeah, um, man. So Good we went one. on. It was supposed to be one segment. Joe was listening, which I, I was oh. surprised. I, I thought, I didn't know he was, I didn't really, I didn't know he listened to the radio at that time. Mm. And he texted me in the middle of it. Go get him, Dan. It's <laughs> like, thanks, Joe. Um, Geraldo tried it too yesterday. This switching yeah. the narrative yeah, to did. making it about you know, Trump being a racist when everybody knows, I believe, including Geraldo, that he's not. They're just making it up. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, Krugman Dan. trying to make this about Trump being a, quote, enabler. Nicole Wallace, Trump's about exterminating Latinos. Her language. You know what's insane? Oh. And Paula, you know this. We will be demonetized on YouTube. They demonetize. They're making our show as hard to find this week, by the way. Yeah. Our audience on YouTube is down. It's it's not, believe me, it's not the content. I've got their stunts down completely. They will demonetize our video today for talking about dreaded air quotes, the exterminating Latinos line, even though it's the line of a leftist conspiracy theorist on MSNBC. It's not our line, there obviously. You go, Daniel. Yep. We will be demonetized. Yeah. You can't mention the term exterminating Latinos. Really? Did you demonetize MSNBC's YouTube feed? Probably not. Probably not. Folks, this is what we're dealing with here. We share nothing in common with these people anymore. Do you get why the new rules are in effect now? The new rules are this. This is not the time to be worried about every single Trump picadillo. Yes, the guy's not perfect, okay? I think that goes without saying. It's it's tautological to mention. Nobody is. If there are things we could change and make him the perfect candidate, everybody would have their input. The bottom line is we are in a trench warfare type mentality right now with people who share nothing in common with us. Nothing. They think we want to exterminate Latinos. We're enablers of of white supremacy and racism and terror. They believe this, some of them. None of it's true. It's fabricated, made-up nonsense. We share nothing in common with them. And when I explained in the new rules show, why? Because I get this question a lot. Dan, you're a Christian. Why do you support President Trump? Yeah, Some of the stuff he used to talk about and do. Okay, some of the stuff I used to do and talk about. So we're all Listen, we are imperfect beings. We're all sinners. I'm with you. And in a more perfect world, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I would feel like, eh, you know what, maybe we don't need to deal with that right now. We can pick a more, uh, you know, a guy who's a little more delicate on Twitter and stuff. That's not this time. I describe it as a, a it is a trench warfare mentality. When you're sitting there on a park bench in a park in a peaceful time, in a peaceful age where everybody's making money, we're not in the midst of a recession, everything's fine. You know what? You have... The time to pick your friends. I don't want to sit there on the park bench in the park and talk to this guy. You know, he likes the Mets rather than the Yankees. He bothers me. You get it? You can pick your friends and pick your allies a little better. Mm -hmm. 
Folks, when you're sitting there in a trench against a political opponent that thinks you are an enabler of terrorism and want to exterminate Latinos, you are in an ideological battle for your very existence. They're calling you a terrorist, a racist. You want to exterminate people using language we've seen in the most horrible of times. You don't have the opportunity to go, well, you know, President Trump gave an interview on the Stern Show a few years ago, and I didn't really like the tone of it. You want a brawler. And that's what I said to Geraldo yesterday during the Hannity appearance. You want to take issue with the, the tone of his tweets rather than the fact that we have leftists calling us Nazis, genocidal maniacs, exterminators of Latinos? You, are now, you want me to start worrying about the tone of Trump's tweets? Are you serious? Seriously, hard pass on that. I have to triage my needs right now and my wants. And my needs right now are to have a political brawler who is not going to accept, to go back to the beginning of the show, the acceptable, dreaded air quotes again, media narrative. Trump's not going to do it. We can only talk about we're all racist and we're we're gun warmongers. And anything outside of that, we're all crazy. He's not going to do it. Now, I wish he would get away from this red flag laws and these other. These are not solutions. Don't fall prey to it. And I will say, to give you kind of both sides, he has kind of, some people have gotten in his ear about that. It's a mistake. I got a Twitter message from a friend of mine from my campaign. Um, uh, two days ago, was involved in the firearms business, very active in the 2A community, saying, Dan, this is a catastrophic mistake by Trump. I don't disagree. This is from a diehard MAGA supporter, too. Hmm. It's a big mistake. But generally speaking, he does not accept these default narratives. He did it again today. We just got done. He did a little presser on the lawn before going out um, to Dayton and El Paso. Quick presser. They ask him this question. Well, is your rhetoric? He, no, he's just good for him. He tosses it right back at him. No, I don't blame Elizabeth Warren first. If that's exactly how he should handle it. Just wish he'd get away from this other stuff. It's a really bad idea. All right. Don't go anywhere. Um, we have a lot of sponsors today, folks. We have a lot of people interested in our show due to you. You're great. You support our sponsors. You support the show. I really deeply appreciate all that. It pays for the show, keeps us on the air. You know, we we don't sell a lot of ads on the show. You get about, Joe, what do you say talk radio? Every hour, it's probably like 40 minutes of content. Yeah. You get far more than that here. Oh, yeah. So once in a while, we yeah we, had, we have a lot of demand for our show because you're, oh, my audience, you're so great supporting our sponsors. So I deeply appreciate it. But what I want to get to is a final read of the day here. Um, I want to get to this tweet by Nate Silver yesterday who finally exposed the media for who they were and stopped this. This tweet is so telling and I'm so glad he sent it out. Finally getting to the point that the media is not doing journalism. They're simply catering to the leftist base. How he tweeted this, he's a renowned pollster, by the way, and didn't get it is beyond belief. We got it in case he deletes it later. So this is going to be a good one. All right, let's read today. G-Code, G-Code, the finest holsters out there, bar none. The G-Code Phenom, their waistband inside the waistband holster, is a total game changer, best in the business we love it in this household. G-Code holsters, the best holsters out there for your money. You're not going to find a finer one out there. 
Like many of you, I own a firearm. Many. Uh, depending on the state you live in and the concealed carry laws, you'll want to protect your family when you go out. And that's why you'll need a great, not a good, but a great holster to properly carry your firearm. You don't want one of these loosey-goosey ones that's fallen all out. It's very dangerous. You need a good quality holster. For more than 20 years, G-Code has produced what many consider to be the finest holsters in the industry. They lead the pack. They are 100% American-made. All materials or components are sourced right here in the great old U.S. of A. The owners of G-Code holsters are military veterans and are meticulous about quality, innovation, and worksmanship. Excellence drives everything they do, and every product comes with a lifetime warranty. Whether you're military, law enforcement, or civilian, G-Code has a holster for you. Check out the all-new G-Code Phenom in the waistband holster. I told you about it before. It is fantastic. It is a game changer for comfort and concealability. It's a must-have. Order online at range5.com. That's range5.com. Range5.com. Be sure to use promo code Bongino for 15% off. That's range5.com, range5.com, promo code Bongino for 15% off. Okay, let me show you this tweet. So this is a uh, renowned pollster, Nate Silver, one of the serious people, uh, the intellectuals, who uh, accidentally, I think, he may have caught this after the fact, but tweets about how the media is not really in the media business anymore. They're in the propaganda business. Check this out. Oh, <laughs> I said, it's so funny. Check this out. It's a tweet. Like the tweet's going to talk to you. Seriously, I don't know what I was thinking right there. Here is at Nate Silver 538. Someone, Mark Penn, who's a Democrat, by the way, this is a response to his tweet. So Mark uh, Penn tweeted about the New York Times changing its headline because they thought Trump's uh, speech, the headline about the speech was too positive towards Trump. It wasn't. Mark Penn says, the day a Twitter mob can change a headline in the New York Times, this paper is truly finished and replaced by a new kind of 1984 Ministry of Truth. The news is now what people say it is. So Neil Silver responds back, LOL. Imagine a world where subscriber-based businesses are responsive to their subscribers. It's not blanking Orwell, bro, with an F. George Orwell, of course. Yes. 1984. Not Frank Orwell. I gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, not for, not Joey, uh, not Joey Boombots Orwell, <laughs> folks. Yes, Nate Silver's absolutely right. Nothing he said was untrue. The fact that go. he tweeted it and exposed it is is the real scandal. The New York Times is a subscription based business that is clearly catering catering to a bunch of left wingers who dictate to them what the news is. <laughs> It's as simple as that. You should screenshot that tweet and hold it forever because what Nate Silver said is absolutely right. The New York Times is not any longer in the journalism business. They are in the business of advancing, going back to the beginning of the show, (laughs) narratives, stories, stories that are not true. They're Aesop's fables. They're myths. They're fairy tales. They're Greek mythology, Roman mythology. They're made up. This is really a gun problem. It's really a problem of rampant racism on the conservative side. None of those stories are actually true. They are narratives. They are gaslighting narratives meant to propagandize a population. And Silver is nothing Nate Silver said is wrong. I'm not criticizing his tweet. Mm. I'm just amazed that a guy with some pretty clear leftist leanings, maybe not hard left, but leftist leanings, was so open and honest about how journalism is dead. 
And he thinks he's, the funny thing about it is he thinks he's refuting Mark Penn's tweet about this 1984 big brother government surveillance state, you know, a ministry of truth type stuff. <laughs> and he's actually reinforcing it. Left wingers subscribe to the New York Times and they will dictate to the New York Times what their headlines are. It's clear as day. All I ask, moving on, and I'm going to spend a lot of time on this, is stop telling me about the New York Times being journalism. It isn't. They're narrative-based opinion pieces disguised as headlines. It's just not true. And Nate Silver nailed it. They're catering to a left-wing audience. Now, folks, you may say, well, what's the difference on the right? An opinion piece is not. This is an opinion show that's largely audienced by libertarians and conservatives. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not catering to you, obviously not, because sometimes I say things you don't like. I'm just telling you what I think and what I believe to be the facts and data backing up the truth. But when you read places like the Wall Street Journal, which leans um, center-right, they'll write articles critical of both sides all the time. It's so ridiculous that these these left-wing outlets are still pretending to be journalists. They're not journalists, ladies and gentlemen. All right, moving on. Folks, we've had a big break. I haven't covered this in a while, but there's a lot going on behind the scenes with the entire Spygate collusion drama. There's an enormous break that came out that really, again, incredibly just continues to fly under the radar. And it's so unbelievably puzzling. And I think it's due to what I I guess I'll call here like the drip trip phenomenon. I've warned you about this repeatedly with Spygate, that the drip, drip slow drip chronologically slow over time of information takes the punch and the shock value out of what actually happened to the trump team can Mm. you put up this headline by the guardian i saw this yesterday and again this was nowhere nowhere in the media where it, it was in the guardian obviously but nowhere in the mainstream media it should have been a headline story the guardian it was July 30th, 2019, just recently it came out by Stephanie, I can't say her last name, I'm sorry, and Nick Hopkins in London, I'm free, I don't want to say her name wrong. Secret texts cast light on UK's early role in Trump-Russia inquiry. Senior MI5 and FBI officials shared concerns about our, quote, strange situation in 2016. Folks, do you understand how dramatic of a punch this headline should have been to our collective guts? But because of the drip drip strategic approach deviously strategic approach by fbi and doj folks at the highest levels and government swamp rats working with them to put out the information little drips and drabs over time we've entirely immunized ourselves to the pain and the punch of what that actually said yeah what did i tell you about two years ago it is now clear as day Foreign, supposedly friendly intelligence partners in the United Kingdom and elsewhere spied on the Trump team. We now have texts further adding fuel to that fire that the United Kingdom, foreign collusion, by the way, had an entirely, completely inappropriate role in our presidential election. And the story went nowhere yesterday. What was the breaking news yesterday? Or the 30th when the story came out. I just haven't had time with everything going on. This is such a stacked news week. They've now exposed texts between Andy McCabe, the deputy director of the FBI, and a senior MI5 British intelligence official 
apparently, again, bypassing the normal channels of work, the Five Eyes intelligence channels, where intelligence will come in at the lower levels, filter its way up. Why? To make sure it's true before it makes its way into the, or as a high probability of truth, into the upper echelons of our law enforcement intelligence apparatus. We now have more evidence that senior managers on both sides of the pond, the United Kingdom and, uh, Kingdom and here, in our intel and law enforcement community, were establishing direct lines of communication about their, quote, strange situation. What the heck was the United Kingdom doing? There is no longer a dispute. They were inappropriately involved in intelligence gathering regarding our presidential election. None. But the story's nowhere because they've dripped and drabbed it out. You know, it's like, you know, when you get a tattoo, right? You ever have, they, they hurt, but they don't hurt right away. Like the first couple stings when they, you know, the needle, then, 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 ladies and gentlemen, after an hour or so, believe me, I got a lot of them. It hurts like Hades because you get the, you know, it's like a pen rubbing on your skin. It doesn't bother you. After an hour, your skin is raw. Imagine that with a needle. It hurts. That's what they did. They avoided the sting of an initial punch by, over time, just gently scratching, 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 to take away the punch and the sting. Let me go to some of the takeaways from this piece. Takeaway number one. Again, just devastating information. While Russia had previously been viewed as a country that would seek to interfere in Western elections, the Brexit vote was viewed by some within the FBI as a sign that Russian activities had possibly been successful, the person said. Here we go. Retroactive storytelling goes on. Their exchanges offer new insight to the start of the FBI's Russia investigation and how British intelligence appears to have played a key role in the early stages. Joe, what are they doing here? Hmm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what's about to come out? The Inspector yes. General's report, supposedly after Labor Day, which is going to expose the entire effort internationally and domestically to spy on Donald Trump and his campaign. So what is The Guardian doing? Well, of course, The Guardian is getting out in front of the story by going and going, hey, you got a story we can tell so this doesn't sound as bad as it really is? Here's the story. Uh, the Brexit vote over in the United Kingdom to leave the EU. Yeah, we thought the Russians were involved in that. And yet... Trump, Trump, too, so we spied on Trump. Oh, okay, that makes perfect sense. You believe this? <laughs> I do not. If you yeah. believe this, I've got a bridge over there in Palm City. I'll sell to you super cheap right now. Folks, <laughs> believe it. as we wrote in our first book, yeah. Denise and I at Spygate and Matt, mm. this had more to do with the Brits not liking President Trump for other release or other, other reasons related to uh, intelligence sharing agreements, it's all in Spygate. You'd be very church and eye-opener why the UK was really involved. This Brexit story is a farce. It's a farce. This IG report that's going to come out is going to be devastating. Trump was spied on with international cooperation, and one of the lead people was Peter Stroke, who, oh, by the way, conveniently filed a lawsuit against the DOJ and FBI alleging um, some kind of illicit, illegal termination of his job. You think Stroke's trying to get out ahead of something, too? They're all trying to, let's go back to the beginning of the show, tell you a story. The people think in chronological narratives. 
It's hard to think in discrete, unconnected pieces of information. That's why we have Venn diagrams. Connect the dots. People like to think in stories. It enables you to categorize information appropriately in your brain. They like timelines, Venn diagrams, spreadsheets, things that can tell a story. The problem is the story The Guardian, The New York Times, and others are telling you is not true. They were not spying on Trump because of the Brexit campaign. They may have used that as a false predicate to do so. They were spying on Trump because they hated Donald Trump. They perceived him as a danger to their global order they seemed to like, their power structure, and they wanted to do anything they could to rid him of the chance of winning the presidency. It is no more complicated than that. All of these retroactive stories you're being told now in these leaks are being told to get out ahead of the IG report. And folks, to be candid with you, the story's so devastating, even with the story they're trying to tell you, it should still be devastating. So let me get this straight. The UK is now acknowledging a spying relationship on a presidential campaign, and they're saying they did so because of a vote? Some power players lost in Brexit? Huh? Let's go to takeaway number two from the piece. Because it gets better. The Guardian reported in 2017 that Britain's spy agencies played a crucial role in alerting their counterparts in Washington to contacts between members of the Trump campaign's team and Russian intelligence operatives. GCHQ became aware in late 2015. Mm-hmm. How long have these people been spying on us? Of suspicious interactions between figures connected to Trump and known or suspected Russian agents. Notice the caveat, Joe, suspected Russian agents, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. meaning a guy who drank Russian, Russian vodka once in a bar in Finland. <laughs> a source close to UK intelligence said, here's the key sentence. This intelligence was passed to the US as part of a routine exchange of information. They said, in other words, nothing to worry about, folks. Don't <laughs> you worry. A UK intelligence official, clearly with knowledge of the spying operation on the Trump team internationally, says it's all routine. Don't you worry. How is that not the story? You know what? I'll pose this question to the Trump team now. We're not spying on Kamala Harris or Joe Biden using the United Kingdom, right? Of course, they're not. I would be stunned if that were the case. But how is this not the story? United Kingdom acknowledges as far back as 2015 they're spying on the Trump team in conjunction with U.S. partners. But don't worry, we do it all the time is the answer. Hey, all right. No worries, Joe. They do it all the time. It's just That's, the routine. Yeah, it's okay. Forget it. No big deal. <laughs> Court's in session. <laughs> Some guy sent us this. I forget. I don't remember <laughs> you. I sent this an email. I didn't, I'm sorry. We got so much stuff in the P.O. box. It's gotten crazy. Who was it? It is. It's on it. Where is it? Where? I don't see it. The only thing I see is Chris Nell. Where did you write it on there? Is Paula talking to me in the other room? Some people think Paula doesn't really exist and talk to me. She really does. I don't see it. Well, thank you anyway for the gavel. It's really cool. So email me out. I'll give you a shout out. That's the, that is the story. Yeah. And yet because of the deconditioning we've had, to this, these, these major breaks in information, a huge story like this drops, and nobody even bothers. 
UK intelligence people acknowledge, don't worry, it's all routine. We've been spying on them since 2015. Don't you worry, man. Drip, drip, drip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Please read the story. It's in the show notes. Hey, I just want to leave you. I know we're out of time, but you know, last night I was watching one of my favorite movies uh, with Paula before I didn't get to the whole thing. I was tired, but I was watching uh, Cinderella Man, the Jim Braddock boxer story. And, you know, without getting into the whole movie plot, you know, so it's a great story, good movie, but, you know, it just reminded me, the, the beginning of the movie is about their struggle in the Great Depression, that what we talked about yesterday about, you know, do something and be a parent to your kid and all, and, you know, those were some hard folks in that time. And when I said yesterday, you know, we should be teaching our kids to respect our elders, people who've been through the struggle, been through the crisis. They're not perfect. Nobody is. We get that. But that just reminded me of that yesterday. You know, God bless my grandparents. My grandmother's still alive who lived through that. If you're a listener to my show, if you're not, a, you know, if, if someone else is, who knows someone is listening to my show, I want to seriously just extend a, a, a gratitude for you for getting through that, getting through the struggle. And hopefully if you can, if you wouldn't mind, pass those lessons on. You know, maybe these younger kids, some of them, maybe they're not listening when you're talking, but they'll hear it later. You know, quick story. My father, when we were kids, took us up to this, uh, it was like a, you know, like a farm place. And you'd stay there and they had games and stuff. We'd stay there for the week. It was, I think it was called Ingleside. And we sat there one day, me and my cousin, Frank, and there was this older gentleman, Charlie. He was in his 80s at the time. And, uh, you know, there was a TV, like a communal TV. And we watched TV with the guy. And he was telling us stories about baseball. And I'll be honest with you, we probably weren't listening most of the time. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Years later... Charlie had a lot of pearls of wisdom I still remembered. And even to this day, at 44, I'm still talking about Charlie. So to you folks out there who lived through the struggle, the Great Depression, been there, there are so many lessons you can pass on. Pass them on, these kids. They may not hear you loud and clear today, but they'll remember it tomorrow. It's really a great movie. You should check that out. It reminds you of that. Those were, that was a hard generation of hard men and women who got through a real struggle. You know, Our biggest problem now is you know, when we're going to get our next uh, at on Twitter. Hard, folks. God bless you. All right, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.